Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. My guest today is Kate Taylor, lead trainer in the RICS APC faculty and managing director of APC TaylorMade and published author of APC Revision Guides. In a wide-ranging career, Kate has also spent time in the public sector supporting the professional development of graduate surveyors. Kate, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. We're going to talk a little bit today about APC pathways generally and how candidates can achieve the best results once they're on them. I guess just taking a step back, perhaps it's worth just outlining what we're talking about when we refer to APC pathways. APC pathway is the way that the RICS split up the profession into different specialisms. There are 17 different pathways and they reflect the experience that the candidate has been gaining in the workplace. So whichever pathway you're on is what qualification you will get at the end. Some of them have specific professional designations like chartered commercial real estate surveyor or chartered valuation surveyor. So the pathway is the description of the competence that you're expected to demonstrate at APC. So you mentioned there are 17 different specialisms and pathways. Tell me a little bit about the breadth of specialisms contained there and and really who might be thinking of, of which pathway. Well, there's huge breadth, as you can see from the number of different pathways. The profession is very wide and very flexible. So on one hand, you've got a, say, a building surveyor that will look at a building fabric and produce survey notes in a lot of detail. And at the other end, you might have a geomatic surveyor that uses high-tech equipment to produce complex models of sizes of property. You might also have an arts and antiques valuer or even an oceanographics surveyor, which is about mapping the marine environment. I mean, how cool is that? The bulk of candidates, though, although we have all these sort of um, smaller pathways, are on commercial real estate pathway or quantity surveying. Now, that makes up by far the biggest group. And then after that, we've probably got residential valuation, planning and development, things that everybody's heard of and not the more esoteric pathways. So tell me a little bit then about when people seeking to qualify need to start thinking about making their choices. Do you typically find that people have made their choices in terms of where they want to go sort of fairly early on in their studies? Or is it really a sort of gradual evolution in terms of coming to the point where they say, actually, I want to go down that particular route or I want to specialise in something a bit more niche? To be honest, the pathway chooses you. It's related to the job that you're doing. So the point at which to start thinking about what path you might want to go down in this incredibly broad profession is really the milk round. So and that's the expression we use for the university uh, careers fairs, where the big employers turn up and try and tempt you to join their graduate schemes. And they all represent various different pathways. And if you end up working doing residential mortgage valuations for somebody like eServe or Countrywide, very good employers, then you can't do commercial real estate pathway because 
you're only working in the residential sector. So it's at the point when you try to get a job that you really could do with understanding the different pathways available. How considered do people need to be then before they take those first tentative steps into industry? To what extent should they really have thought about the direction that they want to go in before they try and secure that first position? The earlier the better, to be honest, Sarah. And one could make a case for thinking about it before you select your degree. A lot of the degree courses are fairly generic. And some of them are accredited by RICS specifically for individual pathways, like, for example, the valuation ones are often accredited for valuation pathway. But the APC is pretty flexible. When candidates graduate, they may have a building surveying degree, but if they wanted to go and work for a company that was doing valuation, they could then start valuation APC, which is a bit odd. But, you know, that's the RICS say it's more about the experience. But the employers may not share that view. So the employer may want somebody with the relevant degree for the role that they've got. So if you want to be a commercial real estate surveyor, you really need to do a real estate management degree or estate management or, you know, the general terms. And they would also work quite well for residential. And then there's also looking at the, all the potential employers' websites. So the university employers fairs happen every year. And if you start going to one in your first year, which is before you need to make these choices, you can get a feel for which companies you like the look of, do a bit of research, and then think, well, oh, I'd really like to work for the valuation office agency, say. You could look at their website for their recruitment criteria and then start to prepare yourself for that by thinking about the potential role, their needs as an employer, and maybe even choose a dissertation subject that fits into the area that you would like to follow. And in that way, you become a good prospect for an employer and you'll fit neatly into a specific pathway. So the earlier, the better then. Yeah. Thinking then about once you've started on that APC pathway and you've committed to that process, Tell us a little bit about what a candidate can expect in terms of how long they're committed to that process for and what they're aiming for. I know that there's a final case study and a formal interview before a panel. So talk us up to that final interview stage. What what would a candidate see? The timeline is usually a minimum of two years and that's how long you have to gather experience for before you're allowed to sit that final assessment that you mentioned but that is a minimum it very much depends on whether the employer is able to give candidates experience in all the different competencies whether or not two years is realistic so some employers have structured graduate schemes and they will move candidates through the business to make sure they get experience in the competencies that the pathway guide requires and and those are brilliant because the thinking is done for you really what else so when you first start a graduate program or start with an employer i think the top tip would be to enroll on apc as soon as possible Candidates sometimes wait until they think they're ready to take for APC, forgetting that it's a minimum of two years away from the day you enrol. And you have six years in which to complete it. So, you know, don't hang about. Get recording experience as soon as possible, because you can only record experience officially on the assessment platform, which is the RICS software, once you've enrolled and 
paid your fee. So that's the first thing. Once, and then once they've enrolled, they'll be doing CPD, gaining experience, shadowing their supervisor and counsellor and moving around the business, building competence from level one, which is just learning, to level two, which is putting that learning into practice, to level three, which is being let loose on the client on their own. And that happens towards the end. Now, in the second year, it ramps up somewhat because they're starting to prepare for final assessment. And that takes almost that whole year. And that's not that different to writing a dissertation and maybe having a viva at university. They've got to produce a document that's probably around 10,000 words and revise for an interview that will cover 16, 17 competencies. So it's a big job and they'll need to choose the right case study in the right specialism as related to the pathway. The key to all of this, Sarah, is reading the pathway guide. <laughs> I know it sounds obvious, but so many of them don't do it. They just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so that pathway guide, then, that's a formal document that the RICS would issue at the onset of the process and that all candidates should be familiar with. Yeah, and they can find it. But you I mean, you can get them if you want. You don't have to be a student member, I think, to get the pathway guides. They're freely available on the RICS website. So you just download whichever one you think is relevant and read it. And the sooner the better, because that is the definition of competence. And that is the mark scheme or the grading rubric, to use academic expressions. And the assessors at RICS are checking against that document that the candidate has the competency as described in that document. So it's absolutely critical in terms of driving your career, getting the right job and then demonstrating it all at final assessment. It's all led by the Pathway Guide, which is produced by RICS solely for this purpose. You mentioned the relationship with the supervisor and the counsellor and the process of shadowing them. How crucial is that relationship in this whole process? Oh, it's so important. Now, technically, you only have to have a counsellor. The counsellor is the must have, according to the RICS rules, and that person must be an RICS member. The supervisor could be could be anybody, could be somebody you work with who's never actually got qualified and, you know, it's just it's just working as a surveyor without the letters. And they will be hopefully working alongside the candidate and supporting them on a day to day basis. And the counsellor usually has a more of an overview of the process, usually the candidate's boss. So they're in a position to help get them the right work to direct them through the pathway and the competencies. The counsellor is the person who at the end of the process says electronically, Either, yes, this person is ready for final assessment or no, sorry, they need more time. So it follows that then the assessors, well, we're really only checking that the councillor got it right. You mentioned the various levels that a candidate can declare throughout the process. So levels one to three. Typically, how many is a candidate needing to demonstrate at that higher level three stage? Again, it depends on the pathway. Some pathways have more level threes than others. But in the most common pathway, which is commercial real estate, they have to demonstrate um, inspection to level three. And then they have to have, let's say, three others to level three. And then the rest can be level twos. 
but two level twos equals a level three. So, you know, there may be more level threes and less level twos. But you're right to focus on level three because that's really the tricky bit. That's the really difficult level to establish. And to be level three, you have to have quite a lot of experience. And in terms of building up that experience, then you mentioned level three as being that stage where you're, you're getting the client's involvement. Tell me a little bit about how the candidates can get the relevant experience that they need to demonstrate at that level. What sort of things are assessors looking for? OK, so the key word for level three, and this is across every single pathway and every single competency within those pathways, is advice. And that means complex reasoned advice to client. So what form does advice come in for a surveyor? Well, it'll come in things like writing evaluation report, providing an inspection report, maybe giving a presentation to the board, um, or it may be a face to face meeting with a client, it may be a phone call, it may be a series of emails. But in all of these things, the candidate is adding value to the process by giving their opinion and advice about this area, something that the client doesn't know and can't find out for themselves. So the complex reason advice may be evaluation. And then the reason bit would be the valuation approach and methodology and, and the analysis as well. So they, the candidate would be expected to explain this to the client. So advice to client is pretty much any client contact. And to just give that a bit of context, this is the point at which the public sector candidates are panicking because they don't have clients in the traditional sense, you know, the contractual basis for a client a severe relationship because they'll be doing all everything in-house. So for the avoidance of doubt, for the purposes of APC level three, client, the person to whom you must give advice, is any stakeholder. You've obviously had contact with an awful lot of people going through this process. What tend to be the main concerns of people on the APC pathways and typically what areas do they need support on? That does vary between pathway and between employers, but a lot of candidates, they do need support with understanding what level three means and, and with understanding the importance of all the advice they give to clients. So it's not just a number, say, an evaluation. It's also the market commentary, the uncertainty they may be talking about, the background to it all. All of that is advice to clients. So understanding that a lot of candidates really struggle with understanding that the final assessment is an interview. So they're not preparing properly for that. They're a lot head down, too focused on level one. And level one is just knowledge and understanding. So they'll revise, 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 and maybe get quite stressed about revising. And actually they're wasting their time because yes, the knowledge underpins it, but we've only got an hour to talk about it. So we're gonna be far more interested in talking about that client contact. So the best thing I think is for them to make notes of things they do as they go through this process, of things they might want to talk about and put in their summer of experience talking to clients practicing in their personal skills with clients with their counselor and supervisor giving presentation to other graduates anytime they can practice giving advice that should be the focus you touched on one quite significant key point already and that being to ensure that you have a good understanding of the pathway guide but for anyone 
thinking of embarking on this process or just taking their initial steps into the APC process, what advice would you have for them? I would give them the advice to do a little bit of internet research generally about the real estate profession, because that's a good place to start, <laughs> but also the RICS website and look at the different pathways and try and cross-reference them to the opportunities that may or may not be available. You know, the university that you want to go to, for whatever reason you want to go to that university, do they have an accredited degree? And it needs to be an RICS accredited degree as well, so check for that. And watch the news would be a really good tip as well, especially at the minute, you know, with the inflationary environment, interest rates moving, you know, we're dealing with a post-pandemic energy crisis, a war, all of these things impact on the real estate market. And the more people know about it, and they can just get that from the broadsheets and Radio 4, to be honest, the more background awareness they will have when it comes to looking at their career path, because we are embedded within society, we're not separate. So you need to know about the world in order to choose the right pathway. Don't just stick to mortgage valuation because, you know, you bought a house and you met a mortgage valuer. Or don't just stick to a state agency because, you know, you've you've seen them on the high street. Think about all the other things that are available. And to be honest, the more obscure ones might actually be the most interesting. Some really good advice there. Thank you so much, Kate, and for coming on and talking to us today. I look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you for your time. Real pleasure. Thank you. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.